Blog Talk Radio. Well, it's been a long time, everybody, um, but I'm excited to be here. Um, Sean, what's going on, man? Ramona, doing great. Happy to have the opportunity to talk boxing again. <laughs> me too, me too. I think it was, um, I don't know, it was a couple of weeks ago. Shoot, it might have been a month ago. Time time just gets away from me nowadays. But um, I remember posting something about missing fight heads, and I know you've had a couple of posts on Twitter as well. Um, so I, I've been itching to do it. <laughs> I've missed it. I, I've actually had people other than Fred Landucci. Fred, Fred probably hadn't heard this, hasn't seen your uh, tweet today. I guarantee you, he's going to lose his mind when he hears. <laughs> he tells yeah, me man. constantly it's a hole in his life on Monday night. I said, I know Fred, it's, it's that, kind that of a hole in mine in, as well. <laughs> I said it's incredibly flattering that someone thinks that highly of us. But you know, take it and run. Yeah, no, you know. You know, uh, but, you know, at the, at the end of the day, man, we, we, we love boxing. We're going to talk it one way or another, man. It's just been um, just been hectic. I mean, I think, I think the last episode we did, if I'm not mistaken, was a long time ago, <laughs> like February or something I, crazy. Like I that. think <laughs> we might have talked about Errol Spence and Lamont Peterson because it seems like I, I seem to remember wow. being on YouTube and there's a picture that you put up of Errol Spence. So we have completely ah, okay. spanned Errol Spence fights. Wow, that's crazy. Well, it's a good thing it hasn't been Gary Russell fights, or else we we wouldn't be talking for like another year. So that's good. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing we're not talking Keith Thurman, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know it, man. Well, I mean, if if for some reason somebody stumbles upon this episode as their only uh, record, uh, you know, only correspondence with the fight heads. I am Ramon R.L. Melpica. Um, uh, can't even really say I'm a boxing blogger anymore, but um, I am a huge fan of the sport. Uh, working on some other ventures right now in um, uh, the film uh, category. And um, Sean, introduce yourself, the blog, and, and all the good stuff. Well, uh, for the long-time listeners or short-time listeners, I uh, Sean Heimberger here, and you can find me at thoughtsofrs.blogspot.com. We talk a lot about boxing, but we do other stuff too, and covering uh, the four major sports here and there, the teams that I root for, and my various baseball travels during the minor league baseball season. Awesome, awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at RL Malpica, and you can follow Sean at Thoughts of RS. But, um, you know, people tuning in, they want to hear us get to the nitty-gritty and talk so much boxing that's happened in in the past four months, and and what's great is, I guess, um, all the big names are in play here. I mean, you know, we could talk some Triple G Canelo. What's going on there? It looks like Wilder and Joshua may happen at some point in our lifetime. Spence just fought. Crawford just fought. Uh, Lomachenko fought. In, in, you know, in, in the time that we've been away, so. Those, those are pretty much the, the big names, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about other things as well. But, um, you know, first and foremost, you know, for, for people that haven't really, obviously haven't been in touch with us or heard us in a while, Sean, um, you went to the Boxing Hall of Fame, so I think that's pretty cool, man. I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, man. That'd be kind of cool. I, I did, but you know what? We didn't actually step into the um, the actual museum. Uh, 
Oh, okay. I wrote about I, I wrote about it, and you can, and if you're interested, anybody out there, you can find it. Find the thoughts of RS. Uh, but when you get off the exit, it looks like you have pulled into a flea market filled with like a big tent. You know, like we have somebody like selling fireworks at, at the, on the side of like a Walmart or something. It, it from mm-hmm. the outside, it's a very the actual museum itself is very small. And uh, I was told by uh, the locals that nah, if you really want to visit, uh, that you don't want to come on induction weekend because it's it's crowded and the building is not all that big. But boy, did, did we have a blast! Uh, I, I it was it was uh, enjoyable even just seeing some of your heroes. Uh, didn't Thomas Hearns was there and I didn't see him walking around. That was the only mild bummer to it. But it was. Uh, we got some great stories uh, and uh, some great memories made by it. So, and I'm definitely going to go back uh, when Juan Manuel Marquez gets inducted, whenever that is. Awesome, yeah, that's cool. I got I got to make it up there myself, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I saw I saw some of the pictures that you had or whatnot. So I I definitely wanted to pick your brain about that. But um, it was it was it was anyways. a really good experience. I, I'm not sure I would recommend it to somebody. To go out, like when you talk to people about Cooperstown, it's worth it no mm-hmm. matter when you go. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say it's a must-see to make a special trip to go uh, when it's not induction weekend. But, boy, induction weekend was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping at some point there will be a fight lined up um, close at Turning, Turning Stone or, or whatnot, um, close to induction weekend, and then I can kind of hit both up to kind of make it – Worth worth the worth the trip, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, and and, and I tell you, they do a really good job uh, on the autographing side of it. Like we were able to get Barrera and uh, Morales, and there's a, there's a card and memorabilia show at the high school across town uh, that you can go, and all the guys are signing, and, and uh, I believe. I believe they sign for free, but they they don't stay immensely long. It's you know each guy might stay a half hour, forty minutes. So you're kind of right. if you want a certain guy, you might want to get in line and be ready to go. But it, okay. I, I, I can't I can't speak higher of the experience as far as there. Uh, the people were really nice. I, I I just don't have any complaints about it, other than. Uh, there's not. Keep in mind, Canastota is a small place. I think the population is only like three or five thousand people. Not oh, wow. a ton of places to eat in town. Uh, we, I seem like everybody in the world was eating at this place across the street, and Fred got to sit right next to Miguel Cotto. That's really cool. Yeah, wow. he, he got him. To, he got him to sign a baseball, and you know, it was a. Uh, it was pretty neat. I, I have to say, it's certainly a positive. And uh, I will. Right. I, I think I'm going to try to return when Marquez gets inducted. Cool, cool. Well, that's good, man. Um, well, let's uh, let, let, let's shoot. Let's get into some of this stuff, man. Triple G Canelo too, man. Like, what's your? Give me your thought process on everything that's that's went on, man. What you know? What what do you think? Full credit to Triple G for sticking to his principles. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, if you've listened to the show, you know I'm a Golovkin fan more than a Canelo fan. But I'm going to say something a little bit critical of Triple G here. Um, For all the talk about PEDs and making a stand and cleaning up boxing and everything, that went as far as to get you an extra 10% of the purse. 
as soon as the money was there, you went, that went fly, you know, the, the cleaning up boxing and he's a bad guy and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That all went flying out the door once you got your extra 10%. So uh, I, I don't begrudge the guy for doing that. I, I don't begrudge him for taking the money, but let's not also make it look like this is this grand stance to clean up our game. Because when you had the opportunity, uh, you took the money. So you know, that doesn't make you a bad guy, but you if you really wanted to make a grandstand, you would have said, you know what, I'm, I'm not for sale until you prove you're clean for a while. Wow, so you think, so you think if, he, if he completely denied, or, or I shouldn't say denied, but uh, just completely walked away from the Canelo fight, that would have been a bigger stand, you're saying? Well, yeah, I think it would have been the more courageous stand. To say, look, you know, you want to screw me on money. The the fight was canceled the first time because of you. It was you that failed the test, not me. I beat you the first time, and the judges didn't give it to me. Um, if if it was really about a stand, about doing the right thing and cleaning up boxing, he wouldn't have took it. At the same time, I would have took it too. It, it's it's a money making business. But but let, but right. but let's not pretend that this was this grandstand to clean up boxing, because when in the end, by the time we swept away the suspensions and the couple months of talking about it, negotiations, in the end, that doing the right thing lasted as long as it took for you to get from thirty five to forty five on the paycheck. <laughs> true, true. I mean, the optics, the optics look. You know, you could definitely look at it that way, you know, based on if you, like, break down everything, what happened. You know, he agreed to 35%. Obviously, the fight didn't happen. Then he wanted 50-50 just to kind of start negotiations, ended up getting what he wanted at 45. I hear you. I hear you there. You know, um, I'd be interested to see. I want to see if this bad blood is real. Like, you know, I know I know Canelo's talk. Uh, I heard today that Canelo – uh, does not plan to to speak to the media or, or even see Golovkin until fight week, um, and, and it doesn't look like Golovkin's eager to to meet up with Canelo either. Um, but I'd be interested to see them at the weigh in if the if it's real bad blood or if it's just like you know for show or whatnot. Because yeah, Triple G did make he made he made a big contention. You know, over the fact that, you know, he obviously, that Canelo failed the test and it's obvious that he was dirty and really kind of has been dragging Canelo through the mud. So I want to know if that's real, if that if that is completely real, he really feels that way. And if that's the case, I expect him to go in there on September 15th and, and, and go with the same mindset he had in round two against um, Marta Rosen, and that is to go and chop this guy down and, and prove a point in that manner. That would be nice. I th- as good as the first fight was, and it was good, you did have a feeling that Golovkin was a little hesitant in attacking, and I am not, you know, I, I'm not sure Canelo, with the backing up to the ropes, did himself, did himself any favors. So I think the second fight has the potential to be better than the first. For sure. For sure. And I don't think it, you know, from a from a promotional standpoint, you know, it's kind of going to be a blessing in disguise because obviously this fight was left for dead, uh, all the or all the controversy around Canelo, then you know Golovkin dragging him through the mud, Golovkin, you know, 
what was it at his his little meeting? He had Vada approved, you know, meat on the, at the buffet or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? They they, they are milking this thing. Uh, the the commercial that that Triple G had with with uh, his Jordan brand um, as well. Um, so they're doing everything they can to really stir up some bad blood to where they really don't need much of a promotion. I just kind of wish they'd have one anyway because. If you already have the bad blood and, and, and most people want to see the rematch, why not milk it and make it as big as possible? Well, I mean, that's, that's what people want to see in boxing. I mean, that's what they really want to see, Every, uh, myself included. Like, well, when you and I have done past shows, it's, oh, you know what? Boy, I wish it was like this. I wish it was bad blood in boxing. Well, I think you might have bad blood this time. You know, I mean, of course, bad blood can be interpreted by that's what happens when you inject PEDs into your system. But there's more to it than that. I I think these guys just don't like each other. And on a separate note on this topic, I give Oscar De La Hoya for making for for doing what it took to make this fight. But did he really have to get on Twitter and pat himself on the rear end? Like, what a great, wonderful this fight wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have opened my wallet and paid an extra couple million dollars. Well, maybe of it wouldn't course, have, because he won- but 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 it, well, it, it, maybe it wouldn't have. But doesn't that come off as a bit self? You know, you're giving yourself credit that other things always come off better if somebody else gives you credit that you're not giving yourself. Right, doesn't it right. mean more if I say, "Oh, you know what? Here's Ramon Malpica, prize-winning <laughs> film director." Then Ramon Malpica, right, right. boy, didn't I do a great job? Take a look; it's terrific. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, it comes off better when someone else says it. For sure, for sure. But I think you know, I think, I think uh, there's a lot of saving face here because, you know, Oscar De La Hoya, Gomez, Golden Boy, they they want to to paint the narrative that you know our guy's the big draw and their guy doesn't sell anything and this fight is big because of Canelo, Canelo, Canelo. But when the foot came to the fire, and 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 Triple G was ready to walk away. You saw what happened. They said, no, no, we can't lose this fight because they know that Triple G, Canelo together is the biggest fight they're, they're probably going to make maybe in his career, you know, d- d- depending on, on which direction uh, Canelo's career goes from here. You know, this is, a, you know, and they had to save face. He had to save face because that's all he's been touting on all the, the talk shows, on any interview is that Golovkin's not a draw. He doesn't sell anything. He don't deserve this much money. But as soon as Golovkin was ready to walk away, you saw him buckle up and pay that money real quick because he knows deep down that Canelo is not putting up any anything close to those numbers against any fighter right now. Well, and Steve Kim raised an inter- interesting point recently uh, that our sport has become for the for the promoters, despite the various TV deals, despite this and that that their budget is basically built by their two or three biggest shows of the year. And we're here in June, and tell me what big show Golden Boy has had that can help their build their budget for 2019. If they didn't do this fight, I'm not saying they'd be in trouble as a company, but they naturally wouldn't have the kind of dollars, perhaps, uh, to have a, a, a banner year or even an average year to help pay the bills for the – Average HBO card, the average, the ESPN cards, etc. And I thought that was a really great point because they, without Canelo, without a, they haven't had one to to date, and I don't see one in the future other than this fight. Exactly, exactly. I mean, with Linares, 
Lenaris losing. I mean, if Lenaris would have beat um, Lomachenko, um, then you know maybe maybe they'd have a second tier you know guy that can you know generate something. Not to say that Lenaris isn't a isn't a good fighter or anything like that, but obviously Canelo has always been the cash cow, and you know without him, without him generating, you know. This fight itself could probably generate as much as Golden Boys in. In fact, that's not even a question. As much as their entire camp, outside of Canelo, combined. I mean, a fight against uh, Golovkin is a major, a major payday. You know, especially globally. Sure. Because you know everyone wants to talk about America. Yeah, America is going to do great. You know, the first fight did about 1.5 million buys, which in today's climate is fantastic. Um, you know the the rematch is probably going to do more. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess they're gonna push close to two million, and I could be completely wrong. Maybe the maybe the lack of uh, promotion hurts them, but I don't think it will. Based on the narrative they painted, I think it's going to be closer to two million. And when you're talking about those type of pay per view buy numbers in today's climate, plus what they do globally, I mean that's a massive massive payday for the company, a company that literally has no backup plan. You know, they got some good young fighters, but Canelo is it. I mean, it should be Canelo and Golden Boy promotion, not just Golden Boy promotion. Well, and and, and I think that I think that they are in a spot that they couldn't afford to let him walk away. People weren't going to tolerate a Liam Smith. They just weren't. So, and I don't think they would have tolerated Daniel Jacobs. I don't think that's a big drawing fight. I think that's a good fight. Two top five middleweights. But as Tom Loeffler came up with the line about that, he says, Golovkin's beat those guys. Good luck selling mm-hmm. them. For sure. For sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good fight for us, for boxing fans. But that's not, gen- that's yeah. not pushing the needle. That's definitely not a pay-per-view fight. You know, by you know, and, at most it's an HBO fight. I have. Uh, here's the problem with that fight. Jacobs hasn't looked good since Triple G. Canelo would have taken a year off since essentially losing to Triple G. So how do you sell that? You know how they sell it? They sell it like, you know how Golden Boy would sell it. Number one, they're going to sell it at the, that Canelo stood up to Triple G and gave him the toughest fight, but some people thought that Jacobs gave him the toughest fight. Let's see who, you know, that, that type of promotion or something, something along those lines. Because Jacobs believes he won the fight, and Canelo believes he won the fight against Triple G. So that's how they sell it. The two, the two real best middleweights in the world, that's how they would sell it. But it wouldn't sell because the real fans know the truth. <laughs> well, the real fans know the truth, and Oscar has had a, uh, let's just say, a checkered history in telling the truth on these matters. <laughs> I mean, I remember, and I can't remember who he – oh, when Golovkin was first coming up, he was the champion, but he mm-hmm. was first coming up. He he was talking. Oh, you know what? Uh, when before the breakup with Heyman, when he still had Peter Quill, and he's going, 
Well, let's see him fight somebody like Hassan Indom, who Quillen just knocked down six times. <laughs> right. Let's see him fight somebody like Hassan Indom before we talk about this and that. And then as soon as Peter Quillen leaves town, it's like, oh, uh, Peter Quillen, let's see him fight somebody. I don't really, you know, Oscar has, a, as, as all promoters do for the most part, you have an ability to twist what you mean according to who you have in your corner at that particular time. Yeah, man, he's, he would, he's, I wouldn't say he's as bad as Donald Trump. Like, obviously Donald Trump should never be on Twitter. Like somebody should be in front of his phone at all times, but relatively speaking in the boxing world, someone should be in front of Oscar De La Hoya's phone or whatever he tweets with um, at all times. I lost a lot of respect for him when he, you know, completely went after Mayweather and McGregor about their fight, but in the in the background was trying to get Canelo to fight McGregor at the same time. You know what I'm saying? That's where you lose credibility, integrity, and all those things. So I, oh, yeah. everything he says, man, it's it's literally all entertaining. It's almost like wrestling to me. It, that's that's exactly what it is. It's he's Bobby the Brain Heenan, man. You know, <laughs> Bobby the Brain without the victories. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bobby the Brain won every once in a while. Rick Rude beat the Ultimate Warrior once. <laughs> and Bobby the Brain was a lot uh, funnier than Oscar De La Hoya too. Very true. Very, very true. Uh let's let's for time's sake, man, let's let's move on to a different topic. Well, first off, let me ask you this, man. Do you do you see the how do you, do you see the second fight playing out any different differently than the first fight? Not counting the result, but the actual action in the ring. I think that, I think it's gonna be a better fight. I think Golovkin's gonna be more aggressive. I think Canelo's gonna think that here's an older guy that he can push back on a little bit, and he's probably not going to feel super great about trying to box him being off for a year. I think the fight will be a better fight. I don't think it will be – I think it will be a better action fight. I think it's going to be a more lopsided fight in result. I think this time it's Golovkin in a decision that not even uh, the worst judge could dispute. <laughs> Let me, I, and I don't know if we ever really – we never even had a chance to talk about the TED situation um, on, on Fighthead. So do you think he was really taking or do you really think it was the beat? I think he was taking. I don't – I mean, look, I know that to be fair. <laughs> uh-huh. let, let's be fair. I know that they have had problems down there with that, and it's been documented with non-athletes. However, however, <clears throat> does anybody really? I mean, look, he looked like the bigger guy against Golovkin in the first fight. How well, on earth do you do it. that? You're the guy moving up like, from 154. Like Remember all the stuff we heard from Oscar? We're the smaller guy. We need fights to prepare. We need time to prepare because we want him to be a natural middleweight. He's never fought a natural middleweight before. And he's against a guy that's fought his whole career in middleweight. And yet, who looked like the bigger guy? <laughs> yep. There's your answer. Yep. Well, if that's the case, then. Sean, if that's the case, then since he's not using this time, wouldn't you expect Triple G to demolish him? I don't think it's a demolish because I think Canelo's got a good chin. 
I don't think – like I've often said this, and I stand by it. I think we're going to look back at Canelo as being exactly what Oscar was, a very good fighter that fought about everybody that you could imagine, a Hall of Fame fighter in the end, but there's a difference between Hall of Fame and truly great. Go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There, not every receiver in there is Jerry Rice, nor should they be. There's right. got to be one best, right? Not every running back is Jim Brown. But you, you could still be great enough to deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. But there's a difference between the best of the best and the very best of the very best. And I think that's what Canelo is. I think he's got a good chin. I think he probably lasts the distance. Unless he comes in. Unless he comes in really doughy and it's for the money. I think then we have a different then maybe you could see you'll know a lot when you see when you're at when you watch the weigh in. If he comes in and you go, Oh God. If he comes in really <laughs> pudgy, I could see Golovkin right. saying body shot, body shot, body shot and getting him late. That's if that's if Golovkin decides to throw a damn body shot because he didn't throw any in the first fight. Well, you know, that I mean, that, that was probably part of the downfall, too. He probably would have broken him down a little bit and would have kept the, yeah, it would have yeah, kept, you know, slowed some of that movement down. That's the one thing I, in the aftermath of the first fight, and, and, and we're going to, we'll move on um, to a different topic after this. But, you know, that's, I, I just wish I could sit Golovkin in front of me and, and ask him, like, you know, why were you so hesitant? Why, why the lack of body work? Why the lack of power shots? I mean, obviously your jab, your jab is the key to everything, but you really you had him on the ropes for a good portion of that fight and never really unloaded on him. I mean, what was, I mean were you worried about what was coming back? And, and my question now going into the second fight is, has, have, has his concerns been answered? Like if he had concerns with Canelo firing back, has that been answered, or are we going to see the same thing in, in, in part two? You know what I mean? Like, if that concern has because he got hit with Canelo's hardest shot, and he took it and kept coming forward. Like, he took it like, like there was a fly in the room or something. You know, are those concerns still there for Triple G to where we're going to see the same kind of fight, or has those, have those concerns been answered, and we're going to see Triple G come out and, and try to overpower and take out Canelo? I think you'll know real quick. I think you'll see Golovkin start fast. I think he'll try to see what he can do in the first three or four rounds. And then I think he probably settles in and just goes for more of a steady drumbeat unless an opportunity arises. Gotcha. Well, I'm excited about it. Hopefully we'll do another show between now and then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we will, man. Um, I'm available whenever you want. I, I told, oh, I I told it's, Vince, it's all I said, everybody. all you have to do is call me. <laughs> Unless I'm on the road at a ball game, I'm all in. Yeah. You, like, today he called there. me on like two hours notice. Are you busy? Sure. We'll yeah. make time. Yeah. It's my fault. Thank God you asked me today instead of tomorrow, though. I, you know, the next couple of days, I, the next week, I'm like got things every night. You caught me on the one night uh, that I'm not busy between now and the Fourth of July. So thank God for that. <laughs> well, oh wow, that's a long time too. Um, in two minutes, there's a possibility, listeners, that the show will just completely end. But I'm gonna hope that that doesn't happen, and we're gonna continue to talk. 
So let's move on. Um, let's let's go with what, what just happened recently. Uh, uh, the fight that I attended here in Frisco, Texas. Uh, Errol Spence completely dismantles, obliterates whatever you know hyperbole you want to use. <laughs> destroys El Campo in the first round, a fight that probably should have never happened. Thank you, IBS, um, with, the, with the massive body shot. Great great crowd, tremendous. I mean, for, for thirteen to 14,000 people to show up to Frisco, Texas, um, to see a fighter just kind of shows you the type of backing he has in the Dallas area. And they, and I'm glad they did it, and I think they need to continue to build on that, man. Uh, Jerry Jones was there. Jack Prescott was there. A few other Cowboys. So it was, it was a, Michael Irvin was there. It was um, a pretty cool, a pretty cool event, uh, even though it ended rather quickly. But um, your thoughts on on Errol Spence, uh, his his fight, and going forward? I, I'm gonna I, here we go. This is where I'm gonna be a little. I'll, I'll probably surprise you. I literally had this typed in on Twitter and was in about two seconds of hitting send, which would have made me look like a real ass. I was saying Carlos Ocampo looks very good in the first round, and then all of a sudden, wham. What I liked, and this is where I'm going to give Carlos Ocampo lots of credit. He tried to win, and you don't always see that from these guys, these questionable mandatory contenders and the guys that have got build-up records. He tried to win, and I thought he fought very well until he got hit, which is the you know probably an oxymoron, but still. I thought he fought very well until he got hit. The problem is, is that lasted two minutes and fifty seconds, and that, but but I, I, he tried to win. All too often they bring these guys in and they don't try to win. I would rather a guy get blown out in a round or two and know, hey, you know what? I gave it my best crack, than have a guy that comes in and, and runs and holds and grapples and mauls and say, I made the twelve. Yeah, you lost every round. You put everybody to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I I gotta. I mean, from I wasn't watching it on TV, and I haven't seen the TV feed yet. Um, so, for me, for me, Sean, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. For me, like the vantage point I had, um, Ocampo looked really aggressive, you know, at the beginning, and he actually landed a few shots. But it was obvious to me, from my vantage point, that Spencer was going to be able to walk through those shots and. I was surprised, um, you know, with with the knockout, you know, but after seeing the, you know, the the, the replay of it on the big screen, um, it was a, a pretty nasty body shot that he did land, and you know, you hit the body shot in the right spot, man. It's, it's a good night, especially with a guy like Spence who's so committed to the body. Um, uh, but it was cool. It was cool to see the crowd, man. The crowd, the crowd went nuts, man, when when he when he dropped them and when he stopped them, which was kind of cool because you know sometimes. Fight fans get a little upset, or not even fight fans, but sports fans in general get upset with a first round knockout because you know you spend all, you spend all that money for like two and a half minutes. But it was cool. It was a cool night, man. I gotta say, he brought out a lot of people, man. He's got. It, I've been I've been to some I've been to yeah I've seen Canelo I've seen now I've seen Spence twice in Dallas, um, and Spence has obviously not to the level of Canelo, but. You know, he has a certain demographic um, that he that that follow him. He has T-shirts. You know, he has a he has a moniker with the man down thing, uh, strap season, all that. You know, he's got a brand and he's building it. I was kind of not upset necessarily, but 
not too thrilled about the fact that he's not open to moving to another promoter. I just read that today. Um, I, I'd love to see him the top rank because uh, obviously top rank is the best promoter. And on top of that, that's the perfect avenue to a eventual Errol Spence fight. Um, but it looks like he's going to stick with the PBC route, which he calls Showtime his promoter. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, that's, that's, that's the only concern I have is, you know, after the Porter Garcia winner, if that fight possibly happens early 2019, you know, then what? Because we don't need. I don't know if Thurman's ever going to fight again, honestly. So well, th- that really, I think that's a lot of the problem. I mean, they say they want to have him fight again later this year. I think that's a great idea. That would be three times. You can't argue for. You can't argue with three fights a year. Uh, but the problem is, is that won't be Porter. It won't be Garcia. So now you're looking at a guy like uh, of the. Uh, and I'm not saying it would be any of these guys, but of the Andre Berto, Devin Alexander, those type of guys, which, you know, if it's a stay-busy fight, I'm okay with that. Uh, but if you do that, that means Garcia Porter's got to be next. And here's the problem with that, is PBC's past history has been after somebody has a decent fight, they take six to eight months off, and then they come back with a squash match, and all of a sudden you've taken everything off the fire. I mean, look at how long it took Spence to fight Peterson after beating Brooke. Right. And yep. if if I think if Porter wins, and I, I again, I hate to keep name-dropping Steve Kim, but I, I've talked to him a lot on, on, on Twitter. If Porter wins that fight, which I think he can, if Porter wins that fight, I think you see Porter Spence probably February or March. I think he'll probably get in there and he'll want to make some money because Sean Porter has kind of been the redheaded stepchild of the PBC waterway situation. They've always favored Thurman Garcia and now Spence. He's always been the guy that, yeah, okay. And here's Sean Porter. He's always been the B side. And right. what I think is if Porter wins that fight, I think he fight and he's got, Porter's got the attitude. He'll fight anybody. I think Porter will fight Spence and fight him soon. If Danny Garcia gets that, get wins that fight, man, you <laughs> might not see it at all. He'll guarantee, I guarantee you, you won't see Danny Garcia back in the ring until next June, and it'll be a squash match type. It'll be a no compo type. Wow. How you I have no faith in Danny Mike? Garcia to do the right thing. Zero. Huh. Yeah, me either, man. He, he, yeah, he would skate around that fight like, yeah. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel about the rumors of Mikey Garcia moving up to fight Errol Spence? I don't. <laughs> I, I don't see that happening. Tell me when Mikey Garcia no, has ever. When has he ever searched out the top competition? He's left it more than he's fought it. Right. And he's going to do the same thing with Lomachenko. That's the fight everybody wants to see, and he's going to leave it on the table. Because, oh, you know what? Because that's. That's well, really the, well, he, the only fight left for Lomachenko, man, in my opinion. Well, and he look at how long they talked about Garcia Linares. And it was, well, you know what? I've got a bigger and better thing. I've got a bigger offer. Yep, Sergey Lipinets. That does it for me. So what has he got? Easter? He's fighting Easter in July. Is that right? Yes. And that's not a bad fight, but let's keep in mind, Robert Easter is has really won two decisions that were arguably could have went either way against uh, oh, he was horrible in the Sh- last fight too. Horrible. Yeah. And, and I thought Richard Comey beat him when they fought for the vacant title. To me, 
I just see uh, I just see Robert Easter as just a guy. Yeah. Uh, a beatable guy. I don't see. I mean, I, I'm always in favor of title unifications, so I'm down sure. with this. The problem will be Garcia wins this fight; it'll unify it, and he'll wind up giving the belts up anyway. That's a lot of the problem with title unifications. What good does it do to unify if you're just going to drop them anyway? I mean, I love the Terrence Crawford one all four, but I kind of would have, even if it was one time, just for a symbolic thing. I wish he'd have spent mm-hmm. one defense defending them all, because after he spent two years cleaning them up. Now they're all broken up again. <laughs> so what's the, what's the use of unification if you're not going to stick around and hold them? For sure. And Mikey Garcia has – if there's a bad business decision to be made, he's there to make it. I, I think in the end, I think Mikey Garcia knows that his best weight is probably 135, 140, because I didn't think he looked great against Lippin yet. I thought he won, but I think he looked great. Right. What makes him think – I mean, it's literally a, a money thing, and I don't think Mikey or his brother is going to want to see him – I just don't see that fight ever happen. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't put money on it for sure. For sure. But, um, <clears throat> about Crawford, man. Terrence Crawford beat the, beat the hell out of Jeff Horn on ESPN+. Plus. Did you get to see that fight, Sean? I did not, and here's why. That was the weekend I was in uh, Canastota, and oh, okay. I was going to. I was going to. I'm, I'm going to get ESPN Plus, but I'm waiting. And I'm kind of waiting till college football season. But I was all ready to do oh, my free okay. preview for it. And when I was looking for uh, the free, pre- and I was talking to Fred because Fred was who was on the trip with me. Uh, I said, you know what? If I, I'm good, if I use up my free week now. I'm all, I had to watch Showtime online because they didn't have Showtime in our hotel. So I watched the Showtime right. fights instead. So, no, I in, in top rank slash ESPN has done a major league job of locking down on YouTube. You have not <laughs> seen that fight available on YouTube at all. Wow. And I, I, for the people like me who watch a lot of fights from across the from, uh, from Europe and, and et cetera, that YouTube right. has been a godsend. Uh, if that is really, from a business standpoint, how you build, how you make people want your app is to lock it down and make sure they can't see it any other way. Yep, that's the way to do it. You know, um, I, I like ESPN Plus, man. I, you know, I, it's four ninety nine a month, but you know, first off, I got to say that the stream was perfect. Um, easy to cast onto my TV, uh, 1080p. So, like, you know, fights you see on HBO or, or Showtime or, or any of the, you know, Fox or ESPN or whatever, you know, you're not getting 1080p. You're not getting full HD because DirecTV and those, um, you know, different cable vendors don't offer it. So that's one advantage you get with ESPN+. Plus. When you stream it, you're streaming it at 1080p. So, like, the picture is fantastic. I love that. No commercials, which is awesome, you know, especially, you know, with ESPN, you get a commercial the first half of the fight, commercials the first half of the fight. Um, and their, their library of fights, man. I watched um, Hearns Cuevas uh, two days ago. Uh, no, not Cuevas. Is it Cuevas? 
But Peter well, yeah, yeah, that was Hearns' first title yeah. fight. Yes, and the quality of it, because obviously that fight's what, 80? 1980, August 2nd, 1980. I, okay. 1980, right? So obviously, you know, horrible, horrible quality. But they cleaned it up so well and, and HD'd it for the best that they possibly could. Um, and it looked awesome. And I watched the fight, and it was at uh, – and these are probably all technical terms. You guys are like, oh, what the hell is he talking about? Um, it, it, you know, the, the, the fluidity of it was fantastic. It, just, it, was, it was a great fight to watch, man, with the original call. And they got, a pretty, they got a pretty decent little library of fights that you can watch, man. And they got a, a couple shows, a couple behind-the-scenes things. So um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of it. I know that's where it's going. So I'm glad that boxing and top rank actually, you know, stepped up and did something that's innovative. We've been talking about that for years. But, um, yeah, man, once you get – I'm interested. Once you get uh, your free trial, and I'm, I'm interested to see what you think, Sean. Yeah, I, uh, I I think that's exactly what I'm – I'm definitely – I was just talking about this a couple days ago. I said, you know, they're going to nickel and dime me with this online stuff because my, ba- my daughter wants to get YouTube Red, which as a massive Karate Kid fan, I've been very tempted to do so myself. <laughs> I watched the first two episodes of Cobra Kai. I was all in. Oh, okay. I got you. Uh, but I, was, I have I not done so I yet. I, I, said, but, I said, but boy, they are going to uh, nickel and dime with this online stuff. I said, because I'm not getting rid of my television. So, well, that's, that's uh, the but, but I'm definitely going to get ESPN Plus. I'm not one of these guys. I'm, I'm not trying to uh, do an end around on you. I, I'm definitely going to get it. I just, uh, and like I said, I was thinking about using the free week and then going from there for Crawford Horn, but like I, I was in a hotel and I can't watch two fights at one time on the same computer screen. That would have, you know, defeated right. my purpose. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, the way it's going is cord cutting, man, because the only reason, and honestly, the only reason I probably still have direct TV is for the, um, for HBO. Because HBO boxing, you can't watch live through a stream. It's the only one. Showtime, you can, but not yeah. HBO. And obviously, HBO appears to be on the way out of the boxing game based on the last couple of years. So if that happens, I'm probably going to cut the cord because everything else you can stream. And like you said, they're going to nickel and dime you. Like Netflix is thirteen dollars a month, and and then you got, you know, ESPN Plus is four ninety nine a month. And then something else, Showtime Anytime, you got to pay $10 a month. So eventually, it's, yeah, it's going to be no choice for me but to, to cut the cord. Well, when they're, when they're you know, when, you, when they kill you and you look at it and you say, this is $5 a month, and I, you know, it's only $5 a month. Yeah, okay, it is only $5 a month. But if you do that and you do Netflix and you do this and you do that, you look up one day and you're paying four hundred dollars a month for television. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god. My wife complains about direct um, she loves the direct T V service, but she complains nonstop. She goes, They constantly raise the rates, they constantly do this and that. I said, that's all true. There's no denying that. Yep. But it's a it, it's a business like everything else, and these cord cutters, it, it's going to sooner or later something is going to give, and it, you know, and we'll see what it is. And I've always kind of thought before the day that I die, and I'm I'm a month away from turning fifty, so I've lived almost half a half a century now. 
uh, it'll be interesting to see how long the broadcast networks continue to stick around. Because I, I myself think when the broadcast networks crumble, there goes mm-hmm. cable television. Uh, right. When they go, everybody else will be able to be online, and they won't be able to. And when the day comes that they crumble, there's your day. The date of reckoning. Moses comes down from the mountain and smashes the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Who? Um, let me ask this. Who? Um, is that taxpayer? Is that taxpayer money that pays for the local channel? Or is it just ad, oh, no, no, ad no, revenue? No. Because I mean, oh, that's revenue. They, that's they're all privately owned. Um, they they just have the FCC licensing going all the way back to the days of radio. And gotcha. until the day comes that those <laughs> networks aren't profitable anymore. And that could be that could be 5 years from now, 10 years from now, but that day will inevitably come. It, 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 you're already seeing it Ramon with regular television. I mean, how many times you see um my daughter complains all the time about they'll come up with a good television show with an interesting concept and they'll answer it after they'll cancel it after six shows and you go well this is the kind of show that needs to build you, you know you, you know you build up interest because 